Our New Testament reading for today is from the Gospel of Luke. Jesus said there was a man who had two sons. The youngest of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of the property that will belong to me. So he divided his property between them. And a few days later, the younger son gathered all that he had and traveled to a distant country. And there he squandered his property in dissolute living. When he had spent everything, a severe famine took place throughout the country and he began to be in great need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country who sent him to the fields to feed the pigs. He would gladly have filled himself with the pods that the pigs were eating and no one would give him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, how many of my father's hired hands have bread enough to spare and I'm out here dying of hunger. I will get up and go to my father and I'll say to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and before you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me like one of your hired hands. This is the word of the Lord. In Psalm 73, we have a man who is fed up. I'll read from the message. No doubt about it, God is good. Good to good people, good to the good-hearted. But I nearly missed it. I missed out on seeing his goodness. I was looking the other way. I was looking up to people at the top, envying the wicked who have it made, who have nothing to worry about, not a care in the whole wide world. Pretentious with arrogance, they wear the latest fashions in violence. Pampered and overfed, decked out in silk bows of silliness. They jeer using words to kill. They bully their way with words. They're full of hot air, loud mouths, disturbing the peace. People actually listening to them. Can you believe it? Like thirsty puppies, they laugh up their words. What's going on here? Is God out to lunch? Nobody's tending the store. The wicked get by with everything. They have it made, piling up riches. And then from our New Testament reading, we have a younger man who is also fed up. It might have looked like this. I am so sick of you, old man. I'm sick of this farm. I'm sick of everything. I hate that do-good brother of mine who's just a kiss-up and you don't see through it at all. Just, just give me my inheritance. I don't, I don't care. I'm not waiting till you die. You're already dead to me. I'm taking the money and I'm out of here. Well, one had passive aggressive anger and used his power from sort of a, the quarterback's position, griping about those other folks and blaming them. And the other, just grabbed the power and the money and left. The psalmist continues his rant. 
I've been stupid to play by the rules. Uh, What has it gotten me? Uh, A long run of bad luck, that's what. A slap in the face every time I walk out the door. Oh God, if, if I'd given in and talked like this, I would have betrayed your dear children. Still, when, when I tried to figure it out, all I got was a splitting headache. Until, until I entered the sanctuary of God. Then I saw the whole picture, the slippery road that you've put them on, with a final crash in a ditch of delusions. In the blink of an eye, disaster, a blind curve in the dark, and a nightmare. We wake up and rub our eyes and nothing, there's nothing to them. There never was. Even when I was beleaguered and bitter, totally consumed with envy, I was totally ignorant, a, a dumb ox in your very presence. I'm still in your presence, but you've, you've taken my hand. You wisely and tenderly lead me, and then you bless me. I'm in the very presence of God. Oh, how refreshing it is. And the younger son, he might have had a bit of a change of heart, too. Well, I took my money and I was out of there. I went as far away as it could take me and let me tell you, I was the big man on campus there. I was rolling and every, I had so many friends. Everybody loved me until the money ran out and then I didn't have any friends. They weren't much of friends after all. I, I ended up After hating that farm I was on, I was on another farm working, only this was a pig farm. Do you know what that means to a Jew? Pigs are unclean. And then I was so hungry, I would eat the same food as the pigs. I had become a pig. Until I finally realized I could go back to the old man. I mean, his hired hands eat better than I was eating. So I picked myself up out of that slop and all the way home, I thought about how I would apologize to my father and maybe he'd take me on. Until, until, do you hear them? The until for the psalmist, until he went into that sanctuary, he couldn't see straight. Until he had reached the end of the road, there was no turning back. The untils are beautiful. Walter Brueggemann talked about the untils in our lives, in these two pieces from Scripture. I call it the untils of Jesus because that's when Jesus starts doing really new work in us. What are your untils of Jesus? We all have them, or you wouldn't be sitting here.
Well, at the women's retreat a few weeks ago, we were talking about soul tending. And we used a metaphor there that was uh, about a vine growing in a vineyard, how our souls, our lives were like that. And God is a vine tender, and, and we too come alongside him, uh, sort of as vine tender apprentices, learning how to tend that vine. And one of the metaphors that really got me was this right here. Oop, that was quick. <laughs> Can we go back to the single trellis? The metaphor of having a trellis, a framework to which you, you uh, train the vine or God trains the vine. And it it tames wild growth. It gives stability. Um, it gives direction for growth. And we were, in one of our small groups, we were supposed to label our vine. And, and I started realizing that this trellis for me, early in life, was, was sort of a, a standard that I had set for myself, a, a standard of excellence of high performance, of, um, of making my own way. And I noticed that, that I would actually use that, that trellis to kind of prune off things that I wasn't good at. It kind of became a very narrow existence that, along that one trellis. And um, Parker Palmer talks about, uh, well, I think he would name this, trellis, the ego trellis. And he says this, he says, our ego self wants to inflate us or deflate us, that's another form of self-distortion, he says. And it's, that ego self, is, it can be the intellectual self that, that wants to hover above the mess of life narrowly, just doing its own thing and not necessarily getting into it. The, the ego self is the intellectual part where we hide. The ego self may be the ethical self that wants to live by some abstract code, he says. But that, the idea of that ego self, if you look at the psalmist, his ego self was... was uh, inferior, wasn't it? He was jealous of those rich folks. And he was going to sit there in his little pouty self and, and gripe about it. And gripe about the way that they have everything and use their power. And then the prodigal son, he, he felt inferior. He felt like dad never loved him as much as his brother, right? And his inferiority, that little trellis that he was on, it was like a myth of not being loved and not being worth the rest of the family, what, you know, fitting in. We have our ego trellis. The thing about the ego trellis is that it's all about us, and it only lasts until it doesn't. It, we find that it just, we can't make it anymore on that. And it may, hopefully it looks more like the psalmist and we just go into the sanctuary and we realize what we need to do 
and how we need to confess that we've just been an ogre sitting in the armchair uh, talking about other people. Uh, But usually it, it looks more like the prodigal son where we go so far and then we just have to turn around. There is no further going. The untils of Jesus. You see, because Jesus has in his hand our untils all along and he's just waiting for us. He's waiting for the you in until to make that change, to turn. And then there, right in his hands, those untils, he takes those and he starts sprouting new growth in ways that we never would have expected. The untils of Jesus. I realized um, in the retreat that um, my trellis actually looks like this. I, I had um, that first trellis, but I had gone so far, and at, that, at my until, then Jesus started making a way for a new trellis. And I I saw that this trellis was one that actually had been there all along, but I couldn't see it. It took Jesus loving me into seeing it. Loving me into loving myself because that second trellis is our true self who Jesus designed us to be. And when we're there, being trained along that wire, our little, our little tendrils wrapping around it, we sometimes head away, but we realize sooner, maybe more like the psalmist going into the sanctuary, wait, this isn't for me. I need to get back to that trellis. Parker Palmer and Thomas Merton call it our true self. The self, the us made in God's image. It's us who who God designed us to be. Finally living into that. And it's vulnerable because you can't hide in that ego, all those ego... um, I don't know, tools or coping skills or survival mechanisms, all those really just don't work anymore along the second trellis. It's vulnerable. That's where we meet God. It's where we meet ourselves. We find out that God is right in the middle of helping us find our way to our true self. And in his training of us, he helps us live into that and out of it to the rest of the world. There was an email that I got last week. Of It was from one of you. It was asking about a, you know, a recommendation for a study Bible. And it was for this person's son. And... Um, He had grown up in the church. He had gone away for years and um, 
had been in a 10-year relationship with a woman who was very controlling and who was an atheist. And he reached an until. And he said, I'm done with this. And he packed up her stuff and moved it out. And right there, in Jesus' hands, his until started sprouting new growth. He's looking for a Bible study. He's in a church for the first time in 10 years. He's sprouting in ways that he never would have thought. I'd tell you his name, but it's just too holy. Those times when God is doing something so new with us. The untilled of Jesus. The psalmist said, When I was beleaguered and bitter, totally consumed by envy, I was totally ignorant, a dumb ox in your very presence, God. I'm still in your presence, but you've taken my hand. You wisely and tenderly lead me, and you bless me. I'm in the very presence of God. Oh, how refreshing it is. Let's pray. Oh, God, teach us your way about the untils that we may not have called that, but how you have used our turning toward you to grow us in wonderful, free, new ways. Be with this young man. Be with us. Help us to see and to join you. Keep us on the second trellis. For your name's sake. Amen.